This is the HOD Hour with Stan Claff. Good evening, and we're... Uh, sorry, we just had a slight glitch. We're coming to you from Johannesburg, but we are very privileged tonight to have with us uh, members of the Hebrew Order, senior members of the Hebrew Order of David International from London and from Houston, Texas. So I'm going to welcome, before without further ado, I'm welcoming Anton Tepper from London and Lawrence Barris from Houston, Texas. And uh, we're going to talk about the Hebrew Order of David because this weekend marks the 44th international biannual international conference of the Hebrew Order of David International. It's the third conference since we diversified into the countries around the world. In other words, we used to be wholly South African. We started overseas. We now have regional lodges, which we call governing lodges, in the United States, uh, across Canada, in England, that's the United Kingdom. And, of course, we have presence in Israel and, of course, going back 115 years, 116 years in South Africa. So welcome, Anton. Welcome, Lawrence. Thank South you. South Africa. Thank you. They flew in this morning, so they're tired and uh, beat. But tonight we have meetings and installations of offices. We have a weekend of conferences where we'll be deliberating the future of the order. But tonight we're going to talk about the Hebrew Order of David in London and the Hebrew Order of David in North America. So just to set the tone, uh, this year we're, initiate, we're installing the new grand president, which is a South African uh, his name is Avron Krasner, and the deputy is Anton Tepper, who's with us tonight, and he will be in the next rotation in two years' time, become the grand president. He's, in other words, he's the grand president-designate. Lawrence Barris is the deputy governing lodge president of the United States, that's the North American lodges, and he will in two years' time also take the seat as governing lodge president in America. So welcome again, and uh, let's start with uh, Anton uh, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming, and it's an exciting weekend. And give us a little bit of background of what's going on in the UK. You didn't bring any coronavirus with you. I don't think so. I think I'm corona-free, but uh, we'll see in <laughs> two weeks' time. Days. Days. Yes. <laughs> By which time you would have left <laughs> trail of destruction. <laughs> I may have. I may have. Um, you wanted to know about uh, the lodges in the UK. So the UK um, has uh, currently three lodges, uh, all located in London, lodges one, two, and four. Um, we have currently around 120 members across across the, the, the organization, um, and we do some fantastic work throughout our terms and throughout the year. So give us a sense of some of the projects that you do. So uh, we have some some major projects that we do on an annual basis. We have a um, uh, a whiskey and built on evening, uh, usually at the end of a year, which is for something called the Bar Mitzvah Boy Project. Uh, we will uh, have some amazing whiskies, have a, a, um, provide some kosher built on, and uh, raise somewhere in the region of uh, ten thousand pounds, which will go towards the Bar Mitzvah Boy Project. That project. Um, sponsors and supports kids in the UK who for whatever reason would not be able to afford or would not be able to have a bar mitzvah and the HOD put that on for them so it's a fantastic uh, initiative that's been running for for many years now um, another another uh, key um, event that we run on an annual basis uh, is our raging bull events this is a, a much younger event uh, aimed for uh, 18 to 25 year olds um, we will take over a nightclub and usually sell tickets somewhere in the region of about 12 to 1400 tickets over uh, Christmas Eve uh, and uh, raise somewhere in the region of uh, 25 to 30,000 pounds for charity um, really really f uh, we've been doing that now for 14 years it's a, a fantastic uh, event basically you could buy one of the suburbs with the proceeds <laughs> yes. in South Africa <laughs> yes um, one of the nice things about uh, about the HOD is that we uh, we tend not to raise any money specifically for ourselves. All the money that we raise goes out to charities, um, and we, we work alongside a large number of charities um, on an annual basis, probably between 20 and 30 charities a year. Um, within the UK, we're probably raising anything between 
50, 60 to 100,000 pounds a year uh, across different initiatives. Um, some of the other uh, um, less charitable events, but other, other um, initiatives that we're running in the UK, we run uh, an initiative called 49 Steps to David. This is a... Um, a learning opportunity we've created a syllabus alongside a, a rabbi and the idea of that is to um, provide an opportunity for our members and for the wider community to learn about um, um, uh, how, how one can better themselves how one can uh, improve themselves um, in, a, in a Jewish way so it's a, a again a fantastic initiative that we're running Great, and so also we have Lawrence here. Lawrence is an ex-South African from the Windy City, Port Elizabeth, <laughs> born and bred, even a street named after him, a Barris Walk near the Shul. Those of you who come from uh, Port Elizabeth will know. And welcome, Lawrence. And so Lawrence, resident in Houston, but uh, the Hebrew Word of David is spread out across uh, the United States and, and Canada. And so, Lawrence, give us a... First of all, welcome again, and se and secondly, give us a bit of a sense of what you're doing in Houston and what the rest of the lodges are doing. Thanks, Dan. With pleasure. It's a great honor to be here. Um, I must immediately correct you that Barris Walk, which I very proudly named, so named in Port Elizabeth, is not to do with me at all. It's all the covered should go to my late grandfather, Connie Barris, an immigrant from Lithuania, who, sitting on the City Council of Port Elizabeth, was able to get the land for the shul in Port Elizabeth donated by the City Council. And they honored him with that great honor. Um, but it is true, Barris Walk is the name of the street in front of the shul. But we bask um, in the glory of our ancestors. That's what we're indeed, all about. <laughs> indeed, and uh, he's a great guy to to remember for sure. Um, Lodge in America, um, HOD uh, North America is doing extremely well. I'm very excited with what the future presents. Um, I personally have visited um, over the years uh, Canada, Toronto, Atlanta, um, Dallas, and of course I do a lot of, uh, I have um, a lot of action going on in Houston. Um, I'm hoping to meet with San Diego in later May, and then uh, Boca Raton, which is also on our map. Um, either somebody will be going there or uh, to... to uh, I've never been there personally. Um, the, the large project that I know about in Atlanta is, of course, their, their, their multi-club, uh, multi-lodge uh, barbecue, uh, which is a uh, community-known event and incredibly successful. Um, I know that uh, Canada has some great work as well. Um, in Houston, Lodge Galil is only four years old, consecrated in uh, late 1915, uh, 2015. Um, we are now 120 members approximately strong. Um, we have, uh, are about to give birth to a second lodge in Houston, which we're very proud of. It is to be named Lodge Tikva, uh, probably being initiated with, uh, consecrated with about 30 brethren, of which about 13 will be coming from Lodge Galil because we want to make sure that we give them a, a very good conduit to get started, and uh, the rest will be new brethren. Um, interestingly, our, our annual calendar um, runs uh, with three separate meetings per quarter, one, one being a regular meeting, one being an initiation meeting, and a third meeting, which is a Chavashaf meeting, which is blood and barbecue. I don't mean to be uh, nauseating but uh, when it's too cold we call it bagels and barbecue <laughs> so <laughs> to cook uh, no, no vegetarians allowed <laughs> uh, we cater for them as well there's a, there's a lot of lettuce available um, the, uh, uh, the Houston team is, is extraordinary um, we have some incredible leadership and uh, we continue to do wonderful things there's a kosher wine tasting we've done um, we've um, volunteered numerous times at various city events, uh, Jewish events, where they needed security or guidance with parking. Zichron um, Menachem, we've uh, we've responded very well to. We've responded to the um, the vehicle that North Atlanta that Atlanta bought for a uh, handicapped vehicle in in uh, Atlanta to use um, in honor of the 
uh, the grand president uh, who passed away, Alan Rubenstein. Correct. That's last what that year. Was. It's an international project. Lodges around the world have contributed. Correct. Yes, a very, very worthwhile project. And we, we of course, miss him greatly, especially, especially this weekend. Um, we've raised our funds through doing raffles, um, two very successful raffles at this point, three of them, I believe. Um, we uh, donate $10,000 from the proceeds of the raffle to a couple, or not necessarily a couple, but $10,000 to be used to travel to Israel. Um, and we sell 613 tickets. Um, the proceeds from that are split between Zichron Menachem and in Houston, the HFLA, the Hebrew Free Loan Association. So we'll come to Zichron Menachem in a little while. Great. Uh, talk about that. Another um, very big project of ours in Houston, that's uh, uh, Brother Ivor Siegel and Brother Alan Lippman were instrumental in getting started uh, with incredible effort. Uh, and that is to place a marker, a simple marker at unmarked Jewish graves. We've identified somewhere just under 200 of them in Houston alone. And we so far have got um, about, I know 16 have been placed, I believe, within the next week or two. We will have probably another similar amount, so up to 30 of them being done, all with through the shul's concerned regarding those specific cemeteries um, and with due tremendous respect to the families involved regarding whether they want a stone, don't want a stone, and what they want on the stone, um, which is a, a wonderful, wonderful are project. They, are they located by GPS? Um, I don't know. We, uh, we actually, at this point, are working directly with the cemetery control at the various shuls who are very supportive of this because uh, the shuls themselves have recognized this as a problem in the community and have responded extremely well because they've never been able to get it done. And they've really embraced this um, for the HOD, which has become a very well-known fixture in the, uh, the Houston community and services that we, with the services we provide. Um, our, um, our membership is probably less than 35% South African, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term, but the the, Ameri- no, very important. the American Jewish male really embraces the idea of fraternity very, very well, which makes our job probably a little easier. Um, and uh, it just, it's a great organization. And my, my, my little nucleus quote is that there's nothing bad. Everything I think we do is good. Absolutely. If you want to participate in the conversation, you can send us a telegram on 061-895-1019 or you can send an SMS 34519 uh, and we'll respond with any questions that you may have for either uh, Lawrence or Anton. We're talking to Anton Tepper from the United Kingdom and we're talking to Lawrence Barris from Houston in the United States. We're talking Hebrew Order of David. Um, Also, I just want to into perspective where we are so uh, the first lodges out of South Africa actually formed in Israel followed by lodges in in the United Kingdom and one uh, and uh, Anton Tepper's father Asher was very instrumental in getting those off the ground and in fact also in in getting the start of the first lodge in, in the United States off the ground which was in Atlanta and the product of of that work and the subsequent work has been that we now are proliferating in the United States. Uh, uh, in the last 10 years, uh, I think you've had nine lodges, uh, two in, uh, three more in, in Atlanta, two in, in Texas, one in Boca, one in Toronto, one in San Diego. So it's growing apace. Uh, you're going to open another one in Texas, uh, also uh, headed by a couple of ex-South Africans. But it's heartening to hear that the the local population, indigenous population, <laughs> are, are, are getting involved in the order, which is very important. I think that's something which uh, United Kingdom, I think, would like to see more. Uh, Israel certainly is, is, is almost totally Anglo-Saxon, uh, very difficult to pull uh, Israelis, uh, uh, Hebrew speakers into the fold. But uh, the growth in the United States has been... Uh, Astronomical, because the 
you've, you really appealed to the public. Somehow, the 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 profile of the of the new members is 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 good. It's 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 professional. It's people who are in the community and can give back. And I, but I think there's another aspect which is not so much uh, an advantage here in South Africa is that the lodges are supported a lot by the sh- by the shuls. Which uh, in South Indeed. Africa we we have our own setups. We we have to find our own way. But in in America, my experience has been, if it weren't for Chabad, a number of the lodges wouldn't exist. They give them a home. It's it's an amazing uh, interaction. Which and and it's welcomed by both parties. Uh, we tend to not have the uh, the attendance by Rabbonim in South Africa. I, I don't know for whatever reason, but that. It used to be the past chief rabbi, Rabbi Harris, was a member, but the current chief rabbi, not yet. But mm-hmm. uh, we're working on it. <laughs> I think for the for the UK, um, it's a very saturated market. Um, the area that HOD are in, both with the shuls, with other organisations, with other charities, Jewish charities, um, we all seem to be competing for a very similar space. And often um, that, that's, that's what, we've, what we've seen over the last few years. The shuls are now starting to branch out and almost encroach a little bit onto HOD's activities and the type of stuff that we've been doing in the communities because they've also recognized that um, the shuls need to, need to create those communities. And it's in that community that they actually retain membership and build membership. I think there you are. And if you look at uh, England, I mean, in South Africa, it's kind of free for all. But of course, we've a small population and we're well served by the community organizations. So the Hebrew Order of David is just another organization trying to attract young people, uh, you know, from other organizations. But in in England, it seems to me as if uh, there's many opportunities you can you can look up in the yeah. in a book somewhere or in some sort of the guy on the internet you can find a charity to support uh, or they'll come looking for you whereas sure. in America I think it seems to be that there's much more opportunity to, to be involved in uh, charitable work and to generate your own kind of projects uh, that's my impression am I wrong? I think that's a very good uh, a good assumption um, the generally the, the the Jewish community is very widely varied, as we all know, in the United States. Um, however, very embracing. And as, uh, with that embracing, together with the fraternal commonality that is brought by their recognition of the fraternal organizations that they were probably members of at college, which is such a big thing. And I, I didn't know about this in South Africa. Anton didn't know about that in the UK. Um, it's, it's so big in America that there's a, a very easy common denominator to, to, to find. Uh, for instance, with the Zichron Menach, uh, with, sorry, with the Gravestone Project, in its very young time, our, uh, one of our trustees was having a meal in a bagel shop and discussing it with a party at his table. Um, a guy at a next-door table overheard him and said, we'd like to write you a check for $5,000 for this. No. Um, and this is this is incredible, um, and this is the type of thing that happens. The 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 community in Houston is very very strong. I can tell you that uh, I can say probably without fear of conviction, um, Houston is probably not known for its beauty. <laughs> but there are two things it's very well known for. It's a great place to be sick, and there's an unbelievable community. And, and the concrete. You a, go. L- a lot of concrete and glass. <laughs> concrete and probably a good amount of BTUs of air conditioning as well. <laughs> I would say, but my experience yeah. of the roads there yeah. is it's, I mean, I'd love to have been in, con- I was in construction in South Africa. I'd love to have been in construction in Houston. I would never have yeah. stopped working. Yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. And unfortunately, with these storms that we've endured, um, that actually generates ultimately a lot of tragedy, but a tremendous financial influx as a result of the rebuilding um it, it's incredible which when you started yeah. off earlier talking about this grave project gravestone project you said something about markers i thought you were talking about the flood line but <laughs> <laughs> actually uh, i should mention that uh, uh the, the the actual placing of the markers is very graciously done for nothing by the existing uh folks that actually service various cemeteries 
and the a particular um, gravestone producer gave us a highly discounted price for the marble as well as for the engraving. And uh, you should know that it's treated very sensi sensitively regarding the authority that we have. We don't just go and place a marker there without the shul being involved, the shul contacting the, the family if, if available, and uh, confirming the, the verbiage that's to be put on the stone. Are these unmarked? Is that what you're telling me? These are totally unmarked graves, but hopefully the shul has a history of that particular grave. So there's got to be a lot of research done as to the family. From uh, We, we un un uncovered a grave, um, un marked a grave um, last Sunday in Houston. I think it was from the late 1940s that never had a marker on it. So we're not used to that because in South Africa, the cemeteries are pretty well controlled, tightly controlled, in fact. Um, if you go to Durban, you can only put up one kind of gravestone. You have to, you have to adhere to the actual the layout and the size and the shape mm -hmm. of, of, of every gravestone. Mm -hmm. Here you, in Johannesburg at West Park, you pretty much can put up when you, what you want, but within the confines of the space that you're allocated. Right. And uh, I think there are a number of stones of graves. They have a number, but they don't have a, a name or a gravestone on it. I'm sure that there's... Uh, there's people working on that. But in Durban, they've actually set it up with a GPS. So if you want to know, you can walk to that coordinate and it'll, you'll find the grave. I've actually done it. Some people asked me to, to visit there a few years ago. And uh, they gave me the coordinates and I, I went straight there. Yeah. So I didn't have to go walking out all over in the, the cemetery to find it. Yeah. I'm not aware of that in, in Houston at this point. And actually, it's, uh, we, we have to get very specific information when we go and uncover sure. the stone and unveil the stone that uh, we know specifically where it is. Otherwise, you can walk around for quite a while. So I just want to yeah. bring your attention to a project which we're just about to launch. We've done a few test runs. It's a Yotzite project. It's a free Yotzite project for anybody anywhere in the world. You can put your, you send it in. Uh, you'll be getting emails around the, all the lodges. You put the name and the date of the death of those people in your family, as many as you want. And two weeks before, similarly what some of the shuls do, but we're going to do it internationally. And uh, what we're trying to do is to set up the payment gateway so that if uh, you want this, it's free, but if you of course, if you get it and you feel you want to make a small donation of any kind or donation of any kind, we welcome $5,000 checks, but <laughs> we'll take anything. Uh, then you'll be able to know where to donate. It'll be an international project for, uh, and, and prop we'll pick where that money's going to go. And so it's, an, it's going to be a unique thing for the Hebrew Order of David internationally. About talk about it uh, in the next week, so week or two. Is this a reminder program? Reminder program. Not actually uh, reciting Kaddish? No, but it'll, okay. it'll tell you, if you of want course. to, it'll connect you with, if you want somebody to recite Kaddish for you, there is an option for you to, let's say you're in America, you want somebody to recite Kaddish in South Africa or wherever it is, you'll have that ability to be able to do that. Awesome. Nice. That's great. We spent a lot of talk time talking about some morbid things. Um, yes, we, let's talk about the live uh, side of the yeah. Lord of David. Yeah, um, this is a live show after all. <laughs> another thing that we've done is, is, is Goldberg Towers um, and uh, Seven Acres are two elderly care homes in Houston. And we go there on Hanukkah and Purim and do the appropriate thing. We sing some songs, serve appropriate food. And, do you uh, guys have any time have for some, work or are you just... Uh, H.I.D., do a full-time job? Have you seen my paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, you, the, the, the team in Houston is absolutely awesome. Um, we've got some wonderful leadership, and I don't wish to name any names because I don't want to miss anybody, but um, it's solid, it's strong, and uh, we are very, very well recognized in community. May I mention one other project that we've done that I'm very proud of? Please. Uh, Aschel House in to. Houston um, is a... Um, a, a residence, uh, I believe there are about 23, 27 rooms to house family or cancer uh, patients that are being treated at MD Anderson Hospital. You may or may not know it's a very famous hospital for the treatment of cancer internationally. Um, it's run by the Chabad in Houston. Um, pay or don't pay for the room. Um, uh, and we donated... A, 
um, first aid, pretty comprehensive pack for each room. Um, mm. So if there's somebody that's doing a needle stick in their room and they have an injury or whatever, that uh, they've got this. We put the HOD logo on each item and we presented it to them. Uh, it was very well received, of course. And um, we haven't, thank God, we haven't had to replenish any yet. But should that time come, we'll, we'll definitely maintain that for them as well. So we're talking about cancer, and I think this is an opportunity, Anton, to talk about Zichron Menachem. Um, so should I set the tone, or you want to kick sure. off? I can, I can uh, talk a little bit about Zichron. Zichron was uh, an organization that… That's not um, correct, Anton. You can talk a lot. About <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, may not be able to stop him. <laughs> so Zichron Menachem was an organization that was brought to us uh, over over 10 or 12 years ago um, by um, the leader, a guy by the name of Ellie Seliger, who is a member of the HOD in the UK. Um, and the organization um, has a center within Jerusalem which provides uh, support to children and their families of those uh, of those who are suffering from cancer. One of the major initiatives uh, that they run is uh, every three years, they will bring somewhere in the region of 130 children from Jerusalem to the UK for a, a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Uh, for a lot of these kids, it is literally a once-in-a-lifetime, and for a lot of them, they actually don't recover. Um, it is an absolutely amazing organization. They will take kids who are at a very, very sick level. They will put them with their chemo, with their doctors, with their nurses, they'll put them in an airplane, fly them to the UK and basically show them a week of unbelievable fun. Um, the HOD uh, have been involved now for many, many years. When they do come, we raise somewhere in the region of 15 to 20,000 pounds and we put on uh, what they consider to be their flagship day where we will send them to an adventure playground for uh, most of the, the morning and afternoon followed by a huge fate and barbecue um, Every almost every member of HOD in the UK will participate we will turn up with our families, with our wives with our, with our, uh, our children and just it's absolutely an amazing day um, forgetting what it obviously does for the kids what it does for us as members is just lift us and keep us going uh, for the future So Zichra Menachem, just to give background to it, Menachem was the son of uh, family um, husband and wife who, and he passed away, of course, from cancer. And they called the organization, they formed an organization called Zichra Menachem, and meaning remembering Menachem. And uh, they set it up in Jerusalem. And it's a place where kids come from school, or they don't even manage to go to school, but there's a building where they are in, kept during the day. It's a day care center in the main. They give them meals. They look after the kids because a lot of parents are working. They look after them. They treat them. They've even got a, a beauty salon where the kids are treated and given uh, shaitals and given uh, treatment there to make them feel better. It's, uh, it, it, they also have rooms there where their parents come from if they're far away and they want to come for a weekend to spend there so they can be with their kids. They can come there and stay there. It's actually a unit it's a couple of units of flats. I've, had, I've stayed there. I've had the privilege of being hosted there. And uh, very nice accommodation. I've been to the center. It's got everything from music rooms, full-on kitchen, uh, everything that you could do to entertain kids right throughout the day. Uh, it's not really a school in that sense. It's, it's, a, it's a facility to look after these kids who are really uh, having treatment in cancer. And some of them are in dire Situation. Some of them are on the mend. And of course, as, as Anton says, not all of them make it. But while they're there and while they're being kept and while they're being looked after, they're well looked after. The military also uh, allow uh, some members, particularly women, to come there for a period of time in their military training to spend some time to assist in this facility. So it's very well known. Uh, in my view, and I, 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 I'm taking this under advisement, I've been to a lot of charities in Israel over the years and seen what they do. And if anyone really wants to be involved in a charity which actually is really legitimate, 
spends the money wisely, looks after these kids in a certain way. It's it's something to behold. If you get an opportunity and you go there, they welcome your visit. Uh, they welcome your visit even more if you drop a check, but if you or a few dollars. But if you just go there and you want to have a look and to see what this is all about, it's an amazing situation. And as Anton says, they bring this tour of all the kids in the together with medical staff, together with food, together with Rabboni, together with the people who run it to really look after them. So when they do come to uh, to England, it's, it's like they're fully cared for all the way along the trip. So it's, it's not just a matter of just taking a trip. It's a week in England of which one day is set aside for the Hebrew of David and they treated royally from morning to, to night in every which way. So... It's um, to the to the lodges in London. Thank you, and and HOD as a whole actually has quite a strong uh, um, connection with Zechron. We uh, back kind of eighteen months ago, uh, the UK and and United States did a joint, and Canada did a, a joint venture where we raised money. Stan mentioned the the salon um, that was actually built and donated by HOD International. And uh, if you do manage to get to the center, you will actually see. The the HOD hair salon, which is which is there now, uh, available for the kids and uh, and siblings. Um, I, I actually, uh, as you know, we embraced the Zichron Menachem project from a support perspective in Houston. I have a challenge for those listening. There are many YouTube videos that you could go and seek. Just Google, uh, YouTube Zichron Menachem. I challenge you to watch more than five minutes without crying. And uh, I can tell you that was a major tipping point for me when it came to our willingness and desire to support that project. The funny thing about that is that I went there to visit, to have a look at the center when I was invited to come because uh, we I was visiting when I was the grand president, actually going to Israel to to install the, the lodges there, the offices of the lodges there. And I went there a little bit scared, I have to admit. I, you know, I didn't know what I was going to see. It was the most encouraging day. These kids Beautiful. are involved, amazing. They, and it's not words that I use uh, lightly. I don't like those, all those adjectives. And, you know, I'm not a person who likes to talk about things over the top. But really, it's a serious situation which is being cared for in the most fantastic way and, humane, and, and humane with, way. With, with humane with, with a, with, which is something which really gives these kids hope and I think that from the it goes so much deeper because the, the parents are so grateful and, and it's, it's, it's kind of intertwined in the Israeli society so much so that I went to various places with the leadership from Zichel Menachem and the leaders were greeted everywhere. They knew them in all different walks of life, Fantastic. which is an unusual mm-hmm. thing. And, and so it, it, it's, it's something which is to be seen. If you do have the opportunity to go there, I mean, there are other charities that can go there. You can go to, uh, you know, the um, Selwyn Siegel, the, the Siegel, uh, what's it, the home? The Selwyn Siegel? No, the big home that's in Renana, which is… Uh, Bait Protea? Uh, no. Well, Pratia is where the, the elderly oh, go. Sure. But uh, it's the, it was the forerunner also connected with the people who are, uh, have got, have got uh, similar situations to Sloan Siegel, okay. but it's run there. They have uh-huh. lose. Handicapped. Yes, and it's, mm-hmm. a, uh, it's a well-known home. Okay. And I've just forgotten the name of it, unfortunately. Um, but you can go there, and that's an amazing place to go to. Of course, it's a very well-run and a massive organization. But this is in its own, it's something which, it's an opportunity. You'll spend a couple of hours there and and, and really, uh, you'll be lifted for the day. You'll have a warm, fuzzy feeling when you leave, no doubt. So as you say, you can go to the YouTube thing, you can have shed the tear, but in actual fact, when you go there, it's a a message of hope. Indeed. Um, Stan uh, and Anton, with your, if I could oblige, um, I've got a very important statement to make. And that is that my son knows that up here on the air. He's listening in Houston, and he asked that I please give him a shout-out. Hello, Jonathan. <laughs> Hello, Jonathan. <laughs> hey, Jonathan. <laughs> uh, no, my wife just sent me a message as well, but I can't imagine what she's trying to say. 
Oh, now she sent me the name of the place, Beit Izzy Shapiro. Uh-huh. Everybody knows Beit Izzy Shapiro. Uh-huh. Thank you, wife. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, of course, when I get home, I'll hear about that. But now coming back to the Hebrew order of David. So just let me recap. This is the Hebrew order of David Hour. We have as our uh, guests, as my guest tonight, uh, Anton Tepper from London, uh, Lawrence Barris from Houston in Texas, talking about the Hebrew order of David, the growth since the early days in South Africa when we were lodges throughout the country, wherever there was a Forskas bank, I presume you know, no longer a bank, but it was the bank, uh-huh. Forskas Bank. There was a, uh-huh. there were a couple of Jews and there were farmers or whatever, and they uh, they formed the lodge. Two Jews, they formed the lodge, and in the end, all these lodges uh, were run as part of other parts of the organisations in these little cities and towns. The Hebrew Kedisha, the Shul, they were the backbone of the town. So much so that I actually had a phone call from a lady in England. I don't want to give her name, but she phoned me the other day and she was telling me that her father was the founder of the Brackban Lodge. And uh, when he was passing, when he was dying on his deathbed, he, he told the then Grand Secretary, Henry Blank, that Folly Melnick should become the <laughs> next Grand President. Now, Folly Melnick did become the next Grand President. I don't know whether it was because of this lady's <laughs> father's input or whether uh, they were going to make him the Grand President anyway. But he's one, in the history of the Hebrew Order of David, Folly Melnick was quite a character. Um, as were the, the, the lodges out of town, they were filled with characters who really. And if you look at the, 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 the members of the Hebrew Order of David who have gone overseas and the impact that they have made particularly from the smaller towns. They seem to make a bigger impact. Uh, Whereas I think city slickers like us, you know, we kind of, we take so much for granted, but there was so much chavashaft in these small towns and the way that they did things and the way that they worked together as communities. And I think that was in those days the strength of the Hebrew of David in in these small towns. And if you go to our website, which is www.hodavid.org, you can see the history of the lodges. You can click on the links. Go to each lodge. You'll see some of the history. It's a it's a work in progress because of, obviously we've got to put in 115 years of information, uh, you know, in a few months. But we'll be doing that ongoing. And I'm appealing to anyone if you've got any memorabilia, and I can tell you that daily, I get information from people who uh, want to contribute something to the the library. We'll give you the honor. We'll put your name on, on the product or whatever you're going to send us. I'll just give you a quick story. I was at a restaurant of my, when my son was in the restaurant business. He still is, but in a different capacity. And a, a chap walked in in the early morning. He was a friend of my son's. And he had a box. And in the box was a, a, a cup, which is a kiddish cup. And I saw it. looked like a Hebrew of David product. I looked at it. I saw the logo. It was from. It was given to somebody on his wedding in 1936. So I said, "This is a HRD product." Mm-hmm. He says, "You can have it," and I never thought about it again. I, but the staff in the office cleaned it, and put it on the shelf, and it sat there. Two years later, I get a phone call from a guy who says, "My father was a member, and my grandfather were members of the order. Can you check up?" So I looked up the thing, and I said, "Yeah." And then I realized after I put the phone down, I gave him the information that I had. When I put the phone down, I realized, hang on, I've got this man's cup. It was his father's cup. Wow. (laughs) Wow, wow, wow. So he came in to fetch it. He was very happy, gave us a donation. It was very nice. So that's the kind of thing that we do. We get stuff all the time. Had a phone call from the Bloemfontein Lodge the other day. They're collecting their stuff. Of course, they're closed, but there's only four or five people in the town. They don't know what to do with it. I said, we want that stuff, so we're going to send. And I make that same uh, appeal to anybody wherever it is uh, we've got we're building up a library we've got a huge amount of photographs collection of memorabilia from jewels and memorabilia from the Hebrew of David going back to 1904 wow so it, it, it's a it's, we're compiling it we're putting it all together and it's a very interesting project uh, Lawrence we you know that when you're sitting in the studio you don't realize how time flies we're coming to the end. Do you want to give us a wrap-up about uh, uh, Houston, and then we'll 
talk to Anton get a wrap up. <clears throat> the, uh, we were speaking earlier about the, the shoals and the embracing in Houston. Uh, new Lodge Tikva uh, to be formed in Houston, um, hopefully in the next few months, in fact. Uh, we'll be meeting at the West Chabad uh, New Shul. Um, and Rabbi David Goldstein, who is a super member of our Lodge Galil right now, will be obviously joining the efforts of Lodge Tikva. Um, it's obviously we've got a this is a big project that we're working on right right away and uh, it's at hand um with our full support uh we look we're looking forward to to great things from Lodge Tikva. um they have got a really good support system in us i can assure you of that um Lodge Galil continues to to prosper and uh i just hope that the the order can continue to do good things because I don't think there's anything bad. Can't be anything bad when you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Anton, give us a wrap up of the UK. So I think the you're coming in as the grand president in a couple of years' time. Of years. So best you have your ducks in a row. It's true. <laughs> um, I, th- I think the UK um, has a very established group of people uh, who work extremely hard. We do. Amazing. I mean, it, it, it astounds me every year when we write our reports how much we actually do in a year. Um, as, as Lauren says, um, everything we're doing is positive. Everything we're doing is about helping others and making a difference in the world. Um, truly, I'm, I'm very, very proud to be a member of the HOD. I think it's a fantastic organization. Um, and, yeah, I, I think the, the future looks good in the U.K., um, I, I think with uh, worthy brother Avron Krasner coming in as the grand president, myself as the, the, the deputy grand president, I think there's going to be a, a little bit of uh, activity, some, some uh, uh, youth coming in, and hopefully we can start uh, um, moving, moving more to the future and see where, where, where we can take the organization. So from the Hebrew Order of Davis point of view as an international body, um, we, of course, we're looking for, for members if you want to join. It's a one organization. We, the sky's the limit. You don't have to have uh, any worries about your project not being given an airing. If you have a pet project in this organization, you can come forward and there will always be support if it's, a, if it's a, something which can be done. It's a viable proposition. The Hebrew Lord of David has the resources to back it. One of the strengths of the Hebrew of David is we've established methodology over the years of how to open new lodges in these new areas. We've established the methodology of how to communicate with each other. We're now working on the next phase of communication within the, on an international basis because it's pretty new. It's groundbreaking stuff for us. But from a, an individual's point of view, to come and join an organization with you can give so much more as a group than you can as an individual and as Lauren says there's nothing bad about doing good and uh, the future does look quite bright in that sense Uh, of course we struggle with numbers because in South Africa you know we have a population which is not big and uh, but we we, we are in the process of attracting uh, and hopefully we we will have enough numbers to open a couple of new lodges at least one in the Gauteng Johannesburg area and uh, we intend to do that very shortly Um, but we don't of course have the numbers that they do in the states and uh, that really is where the future is at this conference over this coming uh, weekend so Anton mentioned the the reports so we're going to have reports from uh, the American lodges, the Canadian lodges, Israel. We have a representative here from Israel and from the United Kingdom and, of course, the whole of South Africa. We've got representation from Cape Town, Durban, PE, and East London and, and of course, the Gauteng area. And it's interesting what you said about the report because, actually, that's my experience is I do encourage members of the lodges, particularly the presidents, when they finish their term, to put down on paper what they did. And sometimes you, 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 know, you think you've come through the year, but it'll rattle your mind when you see what you've actually, what the lodges achieved, how many people have been involved. You need to give them recognition for that. But it's a, com- it's a com- collective effort. So when you do do that report, you see immediately what's been done. And if I, if I had to 
put everything into one big basket and shake it up, it's really amazing from th- from an international point of view of what is being done in the communities. I mean, from grave projects to looking after cancer kids to Bingo Evening in South Africa, we deliver food parcels around Yontov, bringing Yontov Joy together with sister organizations. And in fact, on Sunday, some of those organizations will be at the at the luncheon, which is which culminates which the end of our conference. And uh, uh, it's, it's a closed shop for the Hebrew Order of David, the senior people, so, but it will be a well-attended conference and hopefully we'll get some coverage in the news. We uh, do have to have some report and uh, it's good to have uh, representation and for you, the two of you, to be here to represent your countries. Tomorrow during Sharish Zephyr's Jewish board show, the board show, board talk he calls it, we're going to have another uh, moment to, to talk about the order when Michael Bloch from Israel is going to be on the show and possibly Lawrence Gishon from the United Kingdom. We're going to be talking to them uh, further about the work that's being done in Israel. And of course, Israel is an, el- an elderly population from the Hebrew order of David's point of view, but our history is very strong. We've done amazing work over the years. And... Uh, Israel is key to the organization. We will, we will always try to have a lodge in Israel, no matter what the situation. Anton, just give us a bit about your personal life and what you do besides the, all the work you do in the Hebrew of David, if, if you want to punt. Uh, uh, so I, I have <laughs> the remaining minutes. I run a healthcare recruitment agency. I uh, relevant at the moment. Yes, uh, I I uh, recruit physiotherapists and occupational therapists, plenty from South Africa, um, who are in the UK, um, and I will find them temporary and permanent work. Um, I spend. It's interesting that you say from a personal, uh, my professional point of view. I probably spend twenty to thirty percent of my professional time on HOD. So it, it all seems to uh, to be one big thing. My 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 business and my and my HOD time. It kind of does sort of melt into each other when you're yes. not when you're least expecting it. But, but ultimately, the uh, my, my business is to to pay for my lifestyle and for uh, to support my family. The HOD and my charity work is for my soul, for my spiritual growth, for all of those things. So I think it's as important for me to harness that side of my, my life as opposed to the, the professional side as well. And, and therein lies the rub because that is the kind of mix that everybody would like to have. Yeah. And the opportunity in the Hebrew Order of David does exist. Does. Lawrence, tell us about um, Lawrence Barris. In a nutshell, I'm involved in commercial and industrial real estate in Houston. Um, have about nine different business parks, just under 300 tenants. My job is keeping my tenants happy together with my son, who supports me tremendously, and my daughter. Um, and uh, we just, that's all, it's a very boring business, Stan. Unfortunately, I can't <laughs> tell you anything exciting. Um, much more much more exciting to tell you that uh, I did not mention that the uh, North American Lodges have a strength of a bit, of no- bit north of 550 people. 550 able men and uh, it's growing as you said and uh, it's in my heart to continue that growth on a national level so i'm one of the privileged that has had an opportunity to travel to both the uk israel uh, united states and uh, to see to have seen the growth uh, in those areas and uh, why aren't you growing more lodges you're not giving us enough fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it as fast as we can, Stan. Promise. From a meeting that I had with uh, Les Kreitzik, a senior member of the Hebrew Order of David in America, David Joss and Alan, late Alan Rubenstein, about 2009 or 2008, to where you are today. And a promise that they made at that time, particularly Alan Rubenstein, really took this to heart. And... Uh, in leaps and bounds and is in South Africa we have less Jews than you do in any of the cities in America so the opportunity exists to open wherever Indeed. you go and wherever you go you mm-hmm. find South Africans you already head up and spearhead these organizations but then it seems to me that they are coming in if I look at the lodges in Atlanta uh, most of the, the much bigger population uh, b- percentage, I would say, of the lodges in uh, in America are, are, are Americans, not uh, not South Africans. Do you have one or two foreigners there who come across English? Uh, 
uh, Argentinian and so on. But yes. in the main, uh, the, the, South Af- the Americans are coming to the party. When we get somebody from the UK or from South America, we do have to use an interpreter. <laughs> it's generally not a problem, though. Yeah, but you don't <laughs> speak English in America. <laughs> Do you have another hour? I don't know if they speak English in England. (laughs) (laughs) Only place they claim to speak is in Scotland. Right. So this has been the Hebrew Order of David. Uh, That's the Hebrew Order of David Hour. We're a 115-year-old organization. And we've been going since 1904. We've been growing from strength to strength. We've expanded South African export. But really, the the lodges and the members in the other countries have really taken it to themselves. We've spread ourselves out. We have now regionalized the Hebrew Order of David. So the, whilst the head office and the, uh, the, the organization is run by a grand executive, which is a few people, the actual lodges themselves, they're governing lodges in these countries, and they do all the work, and the lodges in those countries report to them. If you want to join the Hebrew Order of David, you can find me any time of the day or night on 011 you can send us an email to admin at hrdavid.org. You can visit www.hrdavid.org and you can fill in a form. We'll contact you wherever you are in the world if you want to join one of the growing lodges. If you want to be part of an organization that is an international fraternity uh, doing charitable work around the world. And Lawrence, you couldn't have put it better, doing good and doing good can do no bad. And it's coming to the end. We're having a conference. We're heading off now to the first of the of the meetings of that conference. Everybody in their suit and tie, you can't see. As somebody said, I have the perfect face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, we're heading off to the to the first of the of the meetings. It's going to be a weekend of deliberation, and of course, in, in uh, installing, investing the new grand executive for the forthcoming term, and hearing from the lodges overseas in a much more important way and a much more detailed way about what's going on it's our opportunity to interact and uh, thank you for listening thank you Anton and Lawrence for being here thank you uh, we want to wish everybody first of all good Shabbos and of course Chag Sameach Purim which is coming up in a few days time and uh, become a big thing so hopefully you'll be the recipient of Mishnah Manot or you'll be giving some out and uh have a great weekend. Thanks for your work, Stan. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.